1: need to tell you right now about those relief and recovery creams from escape Artist, since they are the highest awarded topical brand in all of colorado they prioritize quality consistency and they are not going to leave your clothes or sheets stained or greasy best part you can find them right now at your local light shade dispensary there are now 11 in the denver metro area now podcast listeners you could get 25 percent off non-sale items with code dnvr so shop online at LightShade.com for pickup or visit a LightShade location near you. That's your first pitch. Now let's play ball. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, where now when you use code DNVR at sign up, you're going to get some special offers right now. A $5 bet on the NBA playoffs, whether it's the favorite or the underdog. If you win, you get $150 in free bets no matter what. It goes down that way with code DNVR on DraftKings Sportsbook. I'm your host, Patrick Lyons, for today's post game recap. We'll be back live with a post game show on YouTube. Check out the DNVR Sports channel, and you can, of course, hear that series wrap up from the Phillies on Thursday. But here we are, Wednesday morning, have to talk not only. About a nice 6-5 victory for the Colorado Rockies over the Philadelphia Phillies. Their second straight win to move to 8-3 and three on the season. But we also need to talk about the big news of the day. Even bigger than that, not Kyle Freeland's start, but Kyle Freeland's extension. We heard it Tuesday afternoon. It was a five-year, $64.5 million extension. So that does include... This year, we thought that Freeland would be heading towards arbitration. That won't happen. That's cleared up. He also was under team control for next year. So we're really talking about three years of club control beyond what it already was previously. Three years of free agency, really, is what the Rockies end up getting here. Some cost certainty. There are a couple of details in the contract that we are still kind of waiting to learn a bit about including a sixth-year player option. No details on that. Got to imagine that's going to be anywhere in the 12 to $16 million range. That would be in 2027. I also believe there may be some opt-outs in there for Kyle Freeland if, if, big if, if he is in the top five of either MVP or Cy Young award voting. So similar deal to what Ryan McMahon had where, hey, if you are really good and you go above and beyond, you can then earn an opt-out, not immediately, but in the next off season. So one of those unique wrinkles that I think you know really benefits both the Rockies and the player for the player, hey, you you finish top five in either MVP or Cy Young award voting, then you are a much hotter commodity and you can make more money out there. And you're still probably going to make that money in another year down the line and in the next off season. And for the Rockies, they're not left out in the cold with a player that they invested in, that they gave guaranteed money to. And then all of a sudden has this remarkable season and then takes off for greener pastures. Uh, that green, of course, being the bag and being the money. So real really a win-win situation for both the Rockies and Kyle Freeland. And, and now the Rockies have their big three of Marquez, Cinzatella and Freeland locked up for at least uh, what you got to think is the next three years. And I say, you got to think because there is an option for Edman Marquez in 2024. So Rockies most likely will be picking that up. And you got Austin Gomber under club control for four years. So this year, and then three more beyond that this deal of 64 and a half million dollars again that's what it is right now could end up ballooning to be a bit more than that with the 6-year player option but it becomes the highest contract awarded to a Rockies pitcher since Mike Hampton's big 8-year 121 million dollar deal back in the 2000 2001 offseason it is also more than the extension that Antonio Senzatella and Hermen Marquez received Sensatella's deal came this past off season, five years, fifty point five million dollars, and the one that Edman Marquez got at the start of the twenty nineteen season was forty three million over five years. Again, if that club option does get picked up for twenty twenty four, now that deal balloons to fifty six point five, but still it comes up short. Kyle Freeland. Gets more than those two gentlemen. Him and Senzatella both were on the same track as far as service time uh, is concerned. So Freeland definitely outmatching Senzatella in that capacity. And then Marquez, yeah, he gets less, but he also signed with less of a track record. And, you know, the Rockies didn't buy out as many free agent seasons for him. We'll kind of wait and see now. It's been uh, extension season for the last seven, eight months since new general manager Bill Schmidt took the reins for the Colorado Rockies. And now you say, well, who's left? Who Who else do you want to bring back? Who do you want to keep around for the foreseeable future? Well, Herman Marquez is probably that guy. Again, after this season, still have two more years and we know that he has that ability to be a true ace. Are the Rockies going to give him true ace money? We will wait and see. But Big vote of confidence, obviously, by the organization for Kyle Freeland. They had already given him the opening day start here in 2022 over Herman Marquez or even a guy like Antonio Sinzatella who you thought possibly could have gotten the ball for the first time. Again, when both guys are their best, Marquez and Freeland, they're better than Sinzatella But still, you want to reward those players for doing what they need to do, showing up to camp looking good, looking great, making those adjustments that the organization wants them to make. And Senzatella has absolutely done that in the last two, even three seasons. We've seen his improvements start in 2020. We saw it last year. We're seeing it again this year to a degree. And so Freeland, that that next guy that they think, with this investment, they can go ahead and he can make that next step to another level. And I think since that 2019 season when – he went back and forth to Albuquerque. Well, rather went went there once for about six starts, then came back. He's figured it out between 2020 and 2021. You know, has a 4.33 ERA, which at Coors Field and in the NL West is pretty darn good. His ERA plus in general is 112. In other words, 12% better than the league average. So everyone really excited to have him there. We know what his best can be. We saw it several times in 2017 in his rookie season in his debut as the home or at the home opener against the Dodgers. You looked fantastic. We saw that in the start just before the all-star break July 9th against the White Sox, the near no hitter. He has that capability in him, especially when you consider that he's induced the most ground balls out of any pitcher since I believe 2018. So Look, it's all the pieces are there and and he's been able to do it for an entire season as well. Did in 2018, fourth in NL Cy Young Award voting, one of only four Rockies pitchers to ever do that. And the Rockies think he can do it again. And he's going to get that opportunity for five to six years going forward. Now let's talk about the game. Kyle Freeland extension day. How did he do? Okay. Okay didn't seem like he had his best stuff. Now we didn't get a chance to talk to him after the game, kind of a very odd wrinkle. This has never happened. I've never experienced this. I'd be very curious to know how many other times something like this has ever happened before, but he will be talking in a press conference at 10 a.m. on Wednesday. So Depending on when you listen to this, you may have already seen our tweets and seen some of the wonderful video we've put out on Twitter at DNVR underscore Rockies or at our personal accounts at Patrick D. Lyons or at the Susie Hunter on Twitter. But he will talk to us then probably not too much about the start. It's going to be old news by the time Wednesday morning rolls around, talking a little bit more about his extension that he signs. But he goes five innings, gives up six hits. Two runs, one walk, one hit by pitch, three strikeouts, 87 pitches in total, 56 for strikes. That hit by pitch, the oddest one of them all, and that did not end up coming to fruition for the Phillies. If you were watching the game, Didi Gregorius made an attempt at the ball. It wasn't a full swing, and I think that's what the third base umpire was signaling for. He said safe, meaning, hey, that wasn't a full swing. I would agree. It wasn't a full swing. but. D.D. Gregorius made an attempt at the ball, and in that attempt, he was hit by the ball, later ended up leaving the game with a hand contusion, something similar to what Garrett Hampson is dealing with right now. Same hand, I think it's that that right hand, and nevertheless is awarded first base, but he did not want to use the opportunity to have that play reviewed. Understandable, again, doesn't come to fruition. Kyle Freeland ends up getting out of that jam, but he gives up those two runs. The biggest traffic did come in the fourth inning where he gave up a leadoff single to JT Realmuto, who went three for four on the day. Immediately got a double play from Kyle Schwarber. Then the traffic in the fourth, that's where his pitch count got up a little bit too high. Walked Alex Baum. give up a hit to Johan Camargo at that point, who entered the game for Gregorius. And Matt Verling did get a single. You can't let Matt Verling beat you there. You can't. So he got the RBI in that opportunity. Nevertheless, the Rockies came back in a very big way, as they have been prone to do. I talked about this today, actually, on the Rocks Pile Rockies report. Go ahead and check that out. In a fun conversation I had with Noah Yingling of Rocks Pile, substituting for our good buddy Kevin Henry there, as he is on a much, much much-deserved Vacation, but talked about how this team is giving me those vibes from back in 2018. They are not as good as that club in 2018 just yet. Just yet, I can't say that. They seem almost far away from that club in many ways. But what is similar between 2018 and this club in 2022 is the fact that late in the games, anything is possible. We even saw it on Sunday. It was 5 nothing, And then from that point forward, it ended up being 3-1 in the Rockies' favor. They didn't have enough to get the job done, but they ended up coming back, making it interesting. And that's what happened tonight. In fact, the Rockies were down a couple times. They were down 2-0. Then they got ahead 3-2. Then they were down 4-3. And then they ended up getting ahead with a big, big three-run home run. Big by the context of the home run, not the distance on it, because it was only 407 feet. That's it. CJ Krohn, you know, di- didn't get all of that one. He's he's prone to do that, 450 plus. Only goes 407, but hits a mammoth three-run home run in the seventh there against Jolice Familia. Excuse me, Jerry's Familia. And that puts the Rockies ahead where the bullpen shut it down. And that's been the key. That's been that element to why I think the Rockies can continue to come back and make these games interesting is because the bullpen is just hanging in there each and every game. After Freeland was done, we saw Ty Block, who hadn't given up a run in five and two thirds innings, has a win and has a save to show for his two appearances and I began to create somewhat of a storyline. I'm sure others in the press box did as well. And you say, well, okay, maybe get three innings at a tie block here. Let the bullpen have a, a full day's rest. And then maybe in the ninth, making his debut on the season, Lucas Gilbert." and you've got three Colorado products pitching this entire game for the win against the Phillies. That would have been an awesome, awesome story. Unfortunately, tie block does give up a two-run home run to Kyle Schwarber. But after that, Justin Lawrence shut it down in an inning of work, did walk the leadoff hitter in Gene Segura, but then got Bryce Harper uh, to induce him into a double play. Fantastic. One of three on the night for the bullpen. The bullpen had all the double plays. Kyle Freeland, I think, also had one as well, as I mentioned, on Kyle Schwarber there. But the bullpen was good. Alex Colomate did give up a run. In the eighth inning, it was a quick, quick inning. Despite, uh, despite the double from Riamuto and the single by Schwarber, who ended up having three ribbies on the night, Colum A did get the double play to end the inning. And so you say, okay. So the bullpen gave up three runs. You can, you can withstand that if you are putting up that many runs or more against the opposing team's bullpen, and that's you know, precisely what the Rockies were able to do there. Daniel Bard comes in and gets his fifth save, strikes out one, and he's now tied for second for most saves in all of Major League Baseball. Justin Lawrence, in that scoreless seventh inning, now has recorded a scoreless inning in five of his six appearances, keeping opponents to a 136 batting average. I did talk to him briefly after the game, and uh, he was all smiles because, let's face it, Bud Black is relying on him. Bud Black has a lot of confidence in him, and Justin Lawrence has a lot of confidence in himself as well. On the offensive side, as I mentioned, CJ crone he's slashing 326, 362, 837. So the on-base percentage, not much higher. He's not getting those walks, but man, he is mashing 837- Slugging percentage. He has 36 total bases right now through these first 11 games of the season. It's the first time someone has had that many to open the first 11 games of a season since Trevor story. Ah, oh, I know, but it's okay. Again, Rockies are eight and three. got to feel good. Trevor story had 40 total, total bases in 2016. And in fact, even if you go beyond that, not many players have ever done it. 36 or more total bases through the first 11 games of a season. Story, as I mentioned, Larry Walker did it twice in 97 and 2001. And everyone else, we're talking pre-humidor. Ellis Burks in 94 and 98. Vinny Castilla in 97. And Dante Bichette in 94 at Mile High Stadium. Connor Joe, he was at DH tonight. He should be playing first base. For your Colorado Rockies on Wednesday, CJ Chrome will be in the DH spot, but he mentioned that in the pregame as he was pretty much giving us his entire lineup over the course of the next week. It's amazing that they plan that ahead, but it does make sense. Connor Joe, as I said, the DH, he extends his hitting streak to eight games, now a career high. So great to see him continuing to do wonderful things. And go and check out his appearance on the Jim Rome Show. That was really cool from from Tuesday. Uh, I threw that one a like there on Twitter. So if you're following me at Patrick D. Lyons on Twitter, you probably got a chance to see that cool interview. Connor Joe is really about two, three weeks away from being a national story. I don't think I tweeted that out. I almost did on Monday. But two, three weeks away from a story in Sports Illustrated, which I don't know how relevant Sports Illustrated is anymore. But, you know, it's it's kind of a, kind of a nostalgic spot to get your sports, especially if you're jumping on a plane. You're going to pick up a copy of Sports Illustrated. You might even read a couple of their articles and some of their content online. It still does mean something. And so, again, Connor Joe, I think, is a couple weeks away from continuing to do this, from his story to get picked up nationally and, and we're starting to see that Randall Gritchuk don't forget about him now he was batting third on Monday night today on Tuesday when I'm recording it oops broke down the fourth wall there for you but Gritchuk gets the single in the fourth inning keeps his hitting streak alive six games that's every game except his first one and he now has an on-base streak of seven with that one for two night so a lot of guys you know doing well, not amazing, but doing well. I heard a stat today about the bottom of the Rockies lineup, seven, eight, and nine have been one of the best in all of baseball, I think next to the Dodgers. And you see that again on Wednesday night with three hits, one hit each from Grichuk, Diaz, and Iglesias. Diaz even drawing a walk there. None of those guys hit into a double play or anything like that. So Again, overall, a long and lengthy lineup. And still, until somebody breaks out, we're still waiting it, Waiting on that for Brendan Rodgers. We're still waiting on that. With Ryan McMahon and Chris Bryant, Charlie Blackman, we're just kind of waiting for him to settle into somewhat of a groove. Does go one for two on Tuesday night. Had a sack. I was able to advance Connor Joe when he let off the fifth of the single. I did have a walk, so... Charlie scoring two runs there, but no one has really been head and shoulders above the rest other than CJ Crone, who's continuing to carry this team much like he did in the second half last year. A couple other interesting news and notes from this game. It's the eighth home game for the Rockies, most in all of MLB. They've allowed only six home runs, five entering Tuesday night, fewest in franchise history up to this point in the season. Rockies haven't lost a home series against the Phillies since 2012, and that's going to continue as they've taken the first two games of this series on Wednesday. You'll see Herman Marquez against righty Zach Eflin for the Phillies. That's at 110 at t Sportsnet, KOA Radio. You can follow along with all of that. Or, again, our coverage on Twitter. At Patrick D. Lyons, at the Susie Hunter, at dnvr underscore Rockies. Hey, it's a good way to get those notifications on the low key. Also, should point out Rockies designated hitters going into Tuesday ranked first or tied for first in MLB in batting average at 378 hits, total bases, home runs. So the off day that these players have been getting, we know it's mostly been Crone, and Joe, and Blackman. Chris Bryant did get a day. I think Elias Diaz got a day. Might have been on Sunday. You know, these guys have been chipping in. It's been a long lineup, a deep bench. We, we talked about that all throughout the offseason. That depth has been critical for this team. Phillies dropped to 1-6 and six on the road. They're getting outscored rather mightily. They're 9-21 at Coors Field since 2013. Not looking too well. Kyle Gibson did look well, tossed six strong innings, and C.J. Crone even said, yeah, we we still didn't have him figured out in the sixth there, Uh, but he's been really good. And, you know, he's logged a quality outing in both of his career starts at Coors Field, August 15th, 2020, during the pandemic, when he was with the Rangers, six and a third innings pitched, seven hits, two earned runs. So maybe, just maybe, If the Phillies are out of contention and the Rockies are still in there and they need another starter, could the Rockies and Phillies swing a trade? They did in 2017 for Pat Neshek. Do they do it again? Don't know. We'll wait. We'll put a pin in that one. A guy that the Rockies decided to take a pin out of, JT Realmuto, which they did have an opportunity to acquire in 17-18 from the Marlins. Price would have been high. Brendan Rodgers, maybe more. He does go three for four with a double and two runs scored for his third three-plus hit game already on the season. Is batting 418 in his career at Coors Field. Highest of any ballpark, minimum of 50 played appearances. Well, before I get out of here, I do want to give you a little update on some more minor league stuff. Whenever we've got these shorter ones, I want to give you a little taste of what's going on down in the minor leagues. For the Albuquerque Ice Topes, Tim Lopes, congrats, named Pacific Coast League Player of the Week, went 12 for 23, that's better than 500, with four doubles, a triple, a homer, and six RBI. On Tuesday night, Dylan Overton, one of those depth pieces for the Topes, fired six innings of one run ball. Nice job by the left-hander there, who only gave up four hits did give up a homer while fanning five yard goats ended up winning. They pull to five and five on the season. They open up their series against the Somerset Patriots. The Yankees double a affiliate got that big win. Carl Kaufman looking nice. He's repeating double a, which typically you think, ah, that means there was something lacking there. But for him, remember, Kaufman hadn't played professional baseball since he had been drafted in 2019 was shut down after throwing a lot of innings with the University of Michigan, who went to the College World Series that year. The pandemic killed the season altogether in 2020. So 2021 got his first experience in Double A. tried to hold his own, did well, and now looking a little bit stronger. Struck out nine over six scoreless and hitless innings. Riley Pint came in after that in the seventh inning. Hitless did a nice job in his I believe now six games. He's allowed two runs, struck out five entering Tuesday night, but he's also hit three batters. So a little bit erratic, doesn't know where the ball's going, has to figure that out. Got to think right now he's projecting to be somewhat of a Julian Fernandez type guy where when he's throwing strikes, he could be unhittable, you know, approaching a hundred miles an hour or even topping that. But when not throwing strikes, you know, becomes somewhat of a, of a liability in more ways then one, Michael Tolia with a bases loaded double. He also tripled, had three RBI on the day on Tuesday in Spokane. Well, don't get too wrapped up in some of those numbers as the Northwest league batting average as a league is at 214. So Zach Veen struggling, did hit his first home run though in Spokane on Tuesday night. So don't, worry too much about batting average it's super early i think he did start a little bit slow last year as well before really really heating up vladimir restituyo 391 going into tuesday drew romo 324 so those two guys not having any issue with the pitchers league that is the northwest league here in the early part of the season and finally fresno entered first place on Tuesday, Juan Guerrero doubled in the second. On Tuesday night, solo home run by L. Amador. Sack fly by Warming Bernabal, doing a good job there in the early going. And Fresno and Spokane, they've got young teams, and they're looking all right. Again, win-loss record is not important. This is about player development. Look at the stats Pick up some articles if you can. Go to those minor league sites to get more information. Come to our site as well. We've got some of those articles. I think it's time now, as we are about two weeks into the minor league season, to start diving into some of those player interviews that we've had and we've been having all throughout the spring. And so we can get you a little bit more knowledgeable about some of the best prospects that the Rockies have because they've got a lot of talented ones. They're far away. They're they're a couple years off from making their debut at Coors Field. It's one of the reasons why they are not considered one of the top 10, one of the top 15, or even one of the top 20 farm systems in all of baseball. They are just outside of that. But each year they will creep up incrementally, probably by five spots each and every year. So that does mean maybe at the beginning of the 2024 season, we are starting to look at a top 10 system so tap into that on the dnvr.com now only 50 cents for your first month there again on wednesday tune into our live game show those go down give or take around five thirty. these games have been moving along pretty quickly at Coors Field, the DH has been helping that, I think, in a major way. We've got our business that we need to tend to at the stadium, so we'll get down to the corner of Colfax and York at the DNVR Bar with a live show to wrap up that Philly series, have a little bit of fun, preview the Detroit series. It's been a few years, 2013, maybe 2014, the last time since the Rockies have been in Detroit, so that should be exciting. Thank you so much for tuning in to this abbreviated version. Of the DNVR Rockies podcast. It will be back in full force for the rest of the week. In fact, you can probably guarantee on a full force and a full sized, king sized, maybe it's king sized, king sized episode of the DNVR Rockies podcast dropping on Saturday morning. We got to make up for it, guys, right? We got to make up for that. And so Saturday morning, I think you might have a brand new episode of the DNVR. Colorado Rockies podcast. So thank you so much for tuning in. Like, share, subscribe, do that whole thing. Leave us a review. That's super, super helpful for helping keep us in the top 100 of the best baseball podcasts in all of the United States. We want to stay there now that we've been here for a couple weeks. So you can do that. Do your part by leaving us a wonderful review. So again, thank you. It's been wonderful. It's been great, but you know what they say about momentum. It's only as good as tomorrow's podcast. So we will talk to you then.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform